Welcome to a very special edition of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. From time to time, the show will be diverting from its show structure to discuss the most important issue of the day, whether it's an election, an award show, breaking news across the world, or an issue of a local scale. We will be bringing guests onto the show to discuss the issues that is on everyone's mind. So here now is the Cross Border Interview Podcast discussing Emmys 2020 featuring Michael Nichols Pate. When you were like, I'm taking notes, I'm like, well, guess I have to take fucking notes too then. I totally took notes by just remembering the things I wanted to talk about. I did not write anything down. I also was drinking throughout it. It made it better. Um... So can we just start by saying that it was the worst opening of an Emmys that I've ever watched in my life. Jimmy Kimmel coming on to a green screen audience was the worst decision that they could have made. It was a choice. Um, I was very concerned for half of a second when I saw it was filled with people. I wanted to know where on God's green earth that these motherfuckers came from. Like, where... Why? How? Because I was watching the red carpet. Not a single motherfucker walked across that red carpet. And then you're about to tell me that an entire group of people is all of a sudden there. No. So at first I I was confused for half of a second. Then I was like, oh, this is from last year. Yet my father on Facebook was like, why are none of these people wearing masks? So they clearly got people like my father. Well, I, the first thing I did was I checked Donald Trump's Twitter account because I had to make sure that he wasn't attacking anyone within the first five minutes. And I was like, OK, guess he didn't say anything. I was looking throughout the night. What What is Donald saying? Nothing. He let me down tonight. He did. But he was on Fox and Friends. So, you know, he had time to do something. He, he must have been sitting in the White House watching something. What? I said he was sitting in the White House watching Fox and Friends because he was on Fox and Friends tonight. You know what? We needed him most to do some commentary. It was literally nonstop Donald Trump tonight. Like every comment, every thought, every query was regards to him. He missed his opportunity. He let us down when we needed him most. The one thing I'm actually very surprised about, they didn't mention his name until the very last, like, 10, 15 minutes, the award winners. The one thing I'm surprised about is that Jimmy Kimmel managed to make it an entire night without mentioning Matt Damon. That's true. That's this might be the first award show that he's hosted that that has not been the case. I, you know what? Snaps for Jimmy. He can get over his little grudge. He can get over his little moment. I, you know, it snaps for Jimmy. That's Elwood's actually very, very true. Impressed. I didn't even think about that the whole time because I, it just didn't click in my mind. But now that you've said it, I'm like, oh, holy crap. He actually got through three hours without mentioning Matt Damon. I was waiting for it because I wanted to like make a point of being like, God, I'm so sick of him talking about Matt Damon. And like he he's over it or at least they told him to be over it. That's true. So with the new format, it changed uh, with COVID-19. We didn't get to see the 
endless supply of people walking on stage and announcing the award winners, which to me, I found quite interesting and it made the night go a lot smoother for a COVID-19 pandemic award ceremony. What was your thoughts on that? Well, (laughs) um, rip the bandaid off. Come on. (laughs) It was boring. Really? I, you know, award shows already are just inherently boring. I mean, it's rich white people giving rich white people awards and occasionally throwing a bow into a person of color. Occasionally. Yep. So inherently in itself, it's just a bunch of rich white people patting themselves on the back. So inherently, they're already boring. So when you factor in, now we don't even see the people presenting. So we don't even get people like the snubs that they say, oh, we're not going to give you even a chance, but why don't you present for us, girl? Like, we didn't even get that. That would, to me, it, it felt like it was missing, like, that heart. Like, everyone was at home in their pajamas. Very disappointed by that, by the way. Nobody took the time to really de- dress up or wore, like, last year's dress, like, don't think I didn't see all the commercials with Tiffany Haddish in her fucking white dress that she's worn every single award show. Because we had four commercials. I don't know if the Canadian airing was different than the American airing, but the but the American airing, we had like four Tiffany Haddish commercials of her in that fucking white dress. I'd, I already done seen it, girl. It Retire her to Florida. She's gone. Like you've gotten your $4,000 worth of use out of it. I'm over her. Get her out. Okay, but overall, you weren't impressed with the amazing dresses that were out there because, from my perspective, I saw probably one person who was in a kimono, and that's it, and that was Jennifer Aniston, whatever she was wearing at the time. Okay, so Jennifer Aniston wore a gorgeous little outfit when she like strolled on the set to start the comedy thing, and they did that really awful gag about the fire and the this and the that and the the. And also, she used a fire extinguisher wrong. I want everyone to know that. Used it wrong. As a firefighter, I will agree with that. (laughs) Pull, aim, squeeze, sweep. Jennifer, none of that was done. You pulled and sprayed. Girl, that ain't part of it. Pull, aim, squeeze, sweep. And then, of course, the fire kept going. Of course, because you did it wrong, girl. It's true. She... (laughs) The chemistry between Jimmy Kimmel and Jennifer Aniston for that full five minutes of trying to make a joke to open up the the opening ceremonies, it was horrendous to watch. It was like a car accident, Watch just watching a car accident in front, and you just can't turn away. But at the same time, you're saying, this is so bad, I need to turn away. But Jennifer Aniston looked good. When she was on stage, yes. But when she left to her house... Whatever she was wearing, I don't know. Uh, and then we had the damn, like, friends reunion that was just the girls, like, oh, let's let friends die, people. Let's let it die. Well, they're they're gearing up for their HBO Max special, okay? They got to win some Emmys next year or the year after for their their reunion show that they're putting on, right? I would say they wouldn't have a chance, but seeing as how it's Shit's Creek's last season and they won everything, I mean, maybe they do have a chance. Well, yeah. So let's 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 talk about the the comedy blowout by the Canadian amazing CBC pop TV show Shit's Creek. And yes, we are not putting the logo on the bottom of our video because we're an audio podcast. But Shit's Creek won seven. 
best writing, best directing, actress, actor, supporting actor, supporting actress, and comedy. I've never seen that in my time watching the Emmys. Have you? Um, no. Uh, I've never, I've never seen one show sweep every, literally every single category. There's usually one holdout, and I, I'm, I'm gonna have to say it. I'm surprised Alex Bronstein or Marin Markley, Markle, whatever the hell her name is. I'm surprised she didn't win either for uh, Mrs. Maisel. Those two were the only ones I think that could beat Shit's Creek's little landslide that was going on. I knew for writing. I mean. I don't know about you, but that last episode of Shit's Creek was perfect. Like, writing perfect, acting perfect, just perfect. I will agree to disagree with you. I think they it was a little <laughs> bit sloppy on my part from my perspective, but I can see why it did win because it did tug at the heartstrings and all that. And it did wrap it up where, hey, five years down the road, we can bring all these people back for a reunion show or another season if uh, Pop TV, Netflix and CBC say, hey, we want to make some more money out of this. Which they will. Oh, God, yes. God, yes. Dan Levy's got a first look deal with ABC for a while, but I I can see him coming back to this. So um, out of the comedy, like you did talk about supporting actor, actress, where you thought Miss Maisel could have won. And and I know you and I talked about this beforehand, where we thought Tony Shalhoub had that chance, right? Because he had been in season three of Marvelous Miss Maisel. He did an amazing job. It was a split where we could have potentially seen a third party win but the voters seem to like dan levy i i mean okay so if we we're going on who actually like a hundred percent when you line them all up and look at their performances who had the absolute very best performance i'm sorry tony shalhoub had the very 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 best performance of the year but when you're looking at what the voters want who has put in the work who's doing what i mean it was an easy dan levy win i mean it definitely could have gone either way it definitely could have been a split and we could have seen um uh the one from good place uh william jackson i want to say his name ted danson no, no oh, oh supporting actress i'm just gonna look it up right now because i'm totally prepared for you to say that and i knew exactly what you were going to talk about and i'm extending it william jackson harper as chidi anagonye yep he i i was prepared to see tony shalhoub and dan levy split the vote and have him kind of come up because he also last season brilliant last season i good place could have taken any of the awards and i would have said wow that was a split vote that allowed it to win but it would have been a deserved win because it i mean it was a really tough season for comedy Shit's creek just got very lucky in their voting it just with who they were up against i'm sure there was some split voting that allowed for people any more still very surprised that she was able to beat out Alex Bronstein, who kind of has held that for two years now. Well, and that's when when we were watching that, that was the one comment that I did make was if because they had given it to Dan Levy, they'd given it to Eugene Levy, they gave it to Catherine O'Hara. If they had not given it to Annie Murphy, it would have been kind of a spoiler and it would have gone, okay, it wasn't that that good. And then that potential comedy series would have potentially gone to someone else. But once they named uh, Annie Murphy as the supporting actress, I knew that they were going to be getting the best uh, comedy series, right? 
A hundred percent. I mean, how are you going to give every single acting award, writing award, and directing award to Schitt's Creek and then be like, and the best comedy is Mrs. Maisel? Like, girl, no. How? Who? Because they didn't win nothing, so... But I will admit that seeing inside Alex Bornstein's house when she was laying on the bed with her little dog was probably the top of that whole moment because the reactions from the Shits Creek after like the third or fourth win that they got, it was kind of predictable. Yeah. I turned to my husband at one point and was like, I wonder if they're just going to give all of the comedy awards right now because they're all for Shits Creek and it's just going to be an easy like, you don't have to drive your Kia whatever five all over God's green LA earth to deliver these awards. Like, but they were, they were in Canada. You have to remember too. (laughs) So, okay. They were killing us in the U S with this Kia commercial. I don't know if y'all got it, but we kept like every other commercial during the commercials. Like there'd be like seven or eight commercials. Four of them would be for this Kia. We get it. Kia sponsored you. They probably gave you a lot of money. We are over it. We did not get that, but uh, the the cast of Shit's Creek was actually in Canada, so it was kind of odd to see Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara get their Emmy, and then no one else get their Emmy until the comedy series. I was like, "Okay, guys, this kind of this was bad planning on Emmy's part. You knew this was coming, so why didn't you have all seven Emmys ready for them to get?" I'm just a little surprised when they were announcing that they did lead actor and then support ended with like supporting. I would have flipped it. I don't know whose decision that was, but whatever intern suggested that maybe should be fired. <laughs> I will agree with that because they usually start with supporting actors. Like even the Oscars start with supporting actors and supporting actresses. But no, I I'm curious if they flipped it because they wanted to do the four Dan Levy's in a row. Or something, because, like, that's cool. You know, if really your first time ever really getting nominated. Because he, he got a couple of, nom- like, minor nominations for writing. Didn't really win last year. But this year is really the first time he's been, like, a major contender. To get that four in a row and to, like, win pretty much everything nominated four in a row, that's really cool. Especially for someone who is queer, who wrote a queer character, who did a lot of really beautiful writing for queer people. I think that was something to really be commended for, especially since we saw not we're not in the dramas now, but we saw a lot of queer representation getting kicked out yeah. of the drama nomination category. I think that that was just really beautiful that we could see that and I'm really glad and I'm looking forward to what he does next because I think he's just a brilliant writer and he speaks to a really thoughtful place when it comes to queer representation. I still think back to his uh, wine metaphor for pansexuality in the first or second season uh, and comparing it to that and today as a social worker when I have clients looking at that and confused about that that's a really great metaphor that I have stolen used co-opted co-signed because it just it works now the, the elephant in the room this year and I, I, I don't use that word, uh, term lightly was uh, 
more representation of people of color, of uh, diverse backgrounds of minorities. We saw that with uh, America Fiera talking about uh, her story. Uh, there was two other, and I forget their names off the top of my head, but they interjected uh, throughout the award ceremony about their first time pitching Hollywood, their first time going up for a uh, 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 audition with the comedy series. And I said this out loud when we were watching this. For someone who was trying to be so more diverse, the only diversity you did for comedy was give it to Canadians. You didn't give any, like, there were people of colors nominated, but yet all of the people were white who won. I mean, you could even go down the list of drama winners, limited series winners, writers. I mean, I found it, I, I found it very interesting that... We kept hearing these interjections of like, look at how diverse, you know, Hollywood, da, 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 da. Like, let's tell these diverse stories. But then it's like, and the award goes to another white person. And the award goes to another white person. And then we got a little bit of queer with Dan Levy. But then it was like, okay, more white people still. I I feel like the limited series categories are where we had the most representation. But even then, it was still like... Most of those, as they were going down the list, I didn't see any of them except Watchmen. So they're not being really promoted. They're not really being presented. And a lot of the limited series that people are watching, like the American Horror Story, just didn't even get nominated. Yeah. Were you shocked at any of the non-nominated uh actors and actresses for comedy because uh, we had talked about potentially there'd be some upsets with uh, drama with people not being nominated but in the comedy series were those the best of the the year do you believe um I'm very torn (laughs) because (laughs) I I feel like we should have seen a Jamila Jamil nomination for good place i really do and uh i feel like they could have done a better job of nomination i do think that the people who won short of supporting female in comedy i do feel the people who won were very deserved i mean Catherine o'hara was brilliant in it and eugene levy dan levy brilliant annie murphy was amazing and i'm not disappointed she won I do think Alex Bornstein or Marin were a little better, but not like, oh my God, I'm so disappointed. And no, I'm very happy. I think such a progressive, prominent show that kind of took the U.S. by storm to win like that in its final season. Amazing. And normally you don't see that happen. So one of the things that we, well, my husband and I talked about while we were watching this was the only reason Shit's Creek became big in the States is because of Netflix. Because I'm assuming not a lot of people have pop TV, correct? So I don't know if it's a regular channel. My husband and I pay a lot of money to the cable companies to get everything. Um, and I have no qualms about saying that. He is in entertainment, so it makes sense. We have to be up to date on this kind of stuff. So we have Pop TV, but we saw it on Netflix because during my training, I started my job during Halloween, and one of my coworkers was like, oh, I'm dressed up as Moira Rose from Halloween. And we were, it was Christmas time. We were in LA. We were sitting at home bored, and he looked at me and he was like, what do you want to watch? And I said, let's try Shit's Creek. And we jumped on it and fell in love. 
now everyone else kind of came into fruition from seeing it through Netflix and through just word of mouth. Because I think a couple of people initially saw it and said, oh, you need to watch this. It's, it's a riot. And then it blew up from there. Because out of nowhere, all of a sudden, everybody knew Schitt's Creek, loved Schitt's Creek, had to watch it. And I, I remember being one of the first people like, wait, I, I saw that like eight months ago. What do you mean you're just seeing it now? Well, it seemed like when the celebrities started talking about it, uh, because I remember Paul Abdul talking about it. I remember Mariah Carey, because that's a big running gag on the show. And it blew up and everyone started tuning into Netflix for that. So I wonder, because... In Canada, it really didn't blow up until season two. And then when season four came out, that's when it started picking up steam down in the States with Netflix. And then season five, they got a few nominations. And then, like you said, this year, last season, everyone wanted to give it to them because it was overall, it was a good season and it ended on a good note. And most comedies have a hard time doing that, right? Yeah, I would say out of the comedies that ended this year, with The Good Place and The Modern Family and Schitt's Creek, I would not say a single one of those comedies ended poorly. Yeah. Every single one of them had a really fantastic, beautifully written ending, especially Modern Family that has been on TV for 11 years. I mean, this is one of those shows that has been going on for so long. And when you're thinking about it ending, it's how do you end such a, a goliath of a show? And they did it really beautifully. They left it open for if they wanted to do a reunion or, unfortunately, a spinoff, which it sounds like they might be thinking about doing, which, again, that's a whole can of worms we can unpack at some other point. I think – and then Good Places ending. I think this was a really great year because you had three monumental comedy shows ending, two of them which ended on their own accord because Good Place could have gotten another season. The Schitt's Creek could have probably gotten two or three more seasons, but they said, you know, we want to end how we want to end. This is how we're going to end. We're going to do it. And I think that's what made it so prominent and made it so perfect because it ended so much on their terms as opposed to things like Once Upon a Time that just kind of go on and go on. And then it's like, oh, this sucks and it's not getting in the ratings. And I guess we're just going to suddenly end it. And then they're hurrying to write an ending. And that's the one thing that I, I was kind of shocked when I when the nominations did come out that Modern Family didn't pick up any besides writing and directing nominations. They didn't get acting, and usually that's the go-to uh, show to nominate, whether it be Ty Burrell, whether it be Eric Stone Street. But even a co- like the comedy series award, they didn't even get nominated for their last series. So when it comes to shocking non-nominations, that's the one I went okay. Like it wasn't that bad of a last season, but I can see that other shows did do a lot better you're disagreeing Um, with me if for those who can't see (laughs) okay i disagree i i i love modern family i love eric stone street i think he not only is a talented actor but he's beautiful so (laughs) i am very on board with modern family but this season it was very it was conf- it was a little confusing, and you could tell it was their last season. You could see a lot of them were very checked out. Um, they also underutilized Sarah Hyland. I think she's one of the greatest characters they've written and has such a, a beautiful arc. And, you know, when she first started being the dumb daughter and then turning into this almost this mogul young mother getting involved 
this organization, this very Gwyneth Paltrow type goop lab organization. And I think that they underutilized her. I mean, she has given many interviews where she found out like, oh, grandpa died, but I'm not even at his funeral. Why am I not being at his funeral? You could just write me standing in the background, but you're not putting me in the episode. Why? I mean, they underutilized her drastically. And I get that she's outspoken. She's loud. She's not necessarily who they want representing their show all the time. But that's like a prominent thing. Like, Grandpa died. Why is she not there? Why aren't all the kids there, right? Like, it seems. But I I can see where you're coming from. But even to throw them a bone, because they won first four seasons an Emmy, right? Emmy, first four seasons, they won an Emmy for best series. For not even saying, okay, you know you're not going to win, but here's the Emmy just for tokenism, right? And I hate to use that word with as we're talking about diversity. And But we talked about comedy. Um, there's two uh, offshoot categories that were talked about, which were Variety Talk Show and Outstanding Competition Program. With Outstanding Variety Talk Show, yet again, it was no surprise to many people. I didn't agree with this, but John, last week tonight with John Oliver won. Were you surprised? No, he wins every single season he's been nominated. He's winning. I mean, it's one of those categories at this point that it's like, I feel like with variety talk show and reality competition to kind of put them both a little together, even though they're so different, it really, you look at it and you say, okay, once somebody wins, they're going to win the next six or seven years until someone can overthrow them. So when you're looking at John Oliver, he's won two, three years. He still has three or four more years. He's probably going to win next year and the following year and the following year until some new show comes along that gets nominated out of nowhere that takes him. The Rup and RuPaul, RuPaul coming out of uh, kind of started his stride too around the same time as John Oliver with his show winning. I thought The Masked Singer because this is the first year it got nominated. I had a strange feeling that it might overcome it. I ended up inevitably putting down RuPaul as my win for it just because it is still early into the seasons and even though while watching the show you can tell he's checked out, many of the judges are checked out, it's a very checked out kind of show. It's got a formula, the producers and the editors know what works and right now it's in its stride. It's very popular. Everyone, if they don't watch it, not necessarily know about it and they know kind of a queen or two that have been able to make it into the mainstream like Vanessa Vangie everybody knows it's some Miss Vangie and that was <laughs> sweeping the storm and there's been plenty of like little comments little jokes little side things that have come out of it that really have made a lot of prominence so those two categories I do feel are the categories that someone wins it and then they hold it like the amazing race for reality competition they held it for how many years and then it jumped to the voice and then RuPaul really only three shows have ever won that well I and it's what didn't Survivor win the first few years and then amazing race and then like it just kept on getting bumped out I don't I don't know about Survivor ever winning. I do know at one point Survivor asking the Amazing Race to stop submitting because it wasn't fair that they couldn't win. I remember that very specifically happening. Um, but in terms of in terms of the reality variety competition and in terms of variety talk show, it, 
those two are going to have it for a couple of years. Well, with the outstanding variety talk show, um, before John Oliver, it was John Stewart, right? John Stewart owned that owned that for a few years. I think there was one season where Stephen Colbert won, and it was like a weird, random season where everyone went, "Okay, why did Stephen Colbert win this?" Um, I think John Oliver has become, in some sense, the new John Stewart of late night political talk show like commentary of America which is funny because he's not American uh, he is American he he, he 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 did do his American citizenship yes sure he, he, he tried to clarify that with Jimmy Kimmel but Jimmy Kimmel shot him down when he said the only American on this uh, stage right now is Stephen Colbert and John Oliver went hey so I was like okay Okay, sure. (laughs) But, I mean, John Oliver, he's smart, he's poignant, he's funny. I mean, I like Stephen Colbert. I've always liked Stephen Colbert. I think he's missing that spark that John Oliver has and because they're both brilliant. But I think when you're doing more political commentary versus like what Stephen Colbert is now doing, which is the uh, just kind of talk talk show. The late night talk show is fun, but I think especially in the current political climate in the U.S., that political, that biting political commentary that Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah fails to deliver a lot of times. Yeah. I think that John Oliver is really able to capitalize on that because that's what we want to see as Americans. We want to hear the comments about Donald Trump. We want to hear the comments about the Supreme Court, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi. Like we want to hear that. And Trevor Noah, as great of a commentator as he is, he sometimes does fall a little short where John Oliver is always on it. And it might even just be because John Oliver does the once a week show, whereas Trevor Noah's is a little more what like daily of a occurrence. But it's kind of ironic that all the all the nominated besides Jimmy Kimmel were former correspondents of Jon Stewart. So it was interesting to see that Jon Stewart, while not being on TV anymore, has made a dramatic impact on the rest of the world. But before we jump into limited series and drama, there is one section that I want to talk about. I'm not sure how it came across from you, but the best part of the whole thing was when they got regular people to present the awards. When they got the UPS driver, when they got the teacher, when they got the rancher, when they got the doctors in New York, when they got the nurse who had COVID-19 to actually present the awards. When they had my lady truck driver, I was living for her. I was full stop, like texting my friends. Like, I don't know if you see, but there's a lady truck driver on here and she's everything. I don't remember her name. At that point, I was about four glasses of champagne in. So in all fairness, if I remembered who was presenting, good for me. Um, I thought that was a brilliant way to get around the fact that they did not have a single presenter really and that it was all very pre-recorded and I think it was a great way to bring it in bring it home I do feel they beat us to death over the head multiple times drove us out to the courtyard and then beat us again with the political vote be pro mask I mean I I do felt that was a little overkill and I do think that's going to be lost over a lot of middle America and Southern America. 
I feel like a lot of the U.S. is going to say, God, I, I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not going to. And then, of course, the Hollywood elites telling me to wear – I feel like it, it had a great message, but it, then it got like, let's just keep beating you up. Let's keep talking to you. Let's just keep killing you with it. But I, I think that even just putting those five or six people who gave, who presented those awards connected with Middle America a little bit, even if it was just one or two people, because the running thing with uh, award shows is the elite Hollywood people are so out of touch with who regular America is. And they went to Montana. They went to New York. So they went to places that they don't traditionally even try to reach out to and said, hey, you know what? We're here for you, and we're helping you. We're bringing you into the Hollywood elite in some sense. And I will say that those other people they brought in were more diverse than the winners. So, you know what? Snaps for the Emmys on that. (laughs) But it doesn't take that much to uh, be diverse for the winners, because I think uh, four winners were people of color. So so we we weren't going to talk about limited series, but they were a a little diverse with the winners of uh, limited series, which was good on them because it was back to back from Schitt's Creek winning all seven. So it went, okay, Schitt's Creek and now limited series where we first started off with Regina King for Watchmen, which I knew you were very happy about. Yo, Regina King and Watchmen, if you have not seen Watchmen, you need to stop immediately what you're doing, put down whatever this is, stop listening and go watch it and then come back and restart. Because Regina King in that was life affirming. I mean, Regina King could read me the phone book and I'd give her whatever award she could win for that. I think it's the Grammy nominated reading audiobook like audiobook me the phone book with regina king yes give it to her but with this especially like it was poignant it was really prominent in terms of like what black americans face in these areas that are so against them and then in looking at reparations and how that would look at and especially how white americans would treat black people and treat people looking for reparations it was just so poignant it was so gorgeously written. She acted it. I mean, she acted her damn face off in that. It was such a great way because I've seen the movie. The Watchmen movie was boring. This TV show, I, I was so hesitant, resistant to watch it. I, I, I don't know why. It was brilliant. And now it's in and the then, second season, right? No, it's done. Okay. As far as I know, I don't think they even have a second season planned because when we finished season one i was ready to like i googled it like what season two look like and the producers are like we don't want a season two good for them but i mean she won the guy who played um a little bit of spoiler alert so if you are planning on watching it stop listening or skip the next three seconds of me talking mr manhattan who plays her boyfriend i mean his acting was gorgeous and and he's playing essentially two different characters and oh my god it it just it's such a beautifully well-written show and even with her finding out like about people she knows and thought were her friends being involved in the kkk and like things like that it just was so nuanced and well-written i mean i'm very happy it swept i kind of had a feeling it would sweep um and then seeing, not necessarily with the Watchmen, but Uzo Aduba 
for limited series for female, her winning was also brilliant. Again, another woman who could read me the fucking phone book and I'd give her whatever award I could give her for it. I was uh, I, 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 I was split on uh, the uh, supporting actress in the limited series. Uzo Abdullah, she was one of my top two, but also uh, Tony uh, Collette for Unbelievable. I was very apprehensive about who potentially could bring that home. But yet again, Uzo did an amazing job as, uh, I forget her name, Shirley Chisholm. So I'm very yes. happy that she did win that as well because she portrayed that woman such in a manner that it got across the message that we're trying to get across today. Um, the yes. other one that I, I have never heard of until tonight and I've never seen it was Mark Ruffalo. Never seen this, uh, know this much is true. Uh, I know he plays two characters from the show that I watched, but were you, did you, had, had, have you seen it? Did, were you surprised about this? I have never seen it, so I'm already very biased in my thoughts. I wasn't a huge fan of him winning, but I'm not a huge fan of him as an actor to begin with. So anytime I see him win, I'm just kind of not on the fence with it or not on board with it or whatever the terminology is. Uh, eh, I mean, it was such a diverse category and you saw so many women of color, men of color winning that I'm okay to throw him a bone. Um, I can't even remember who else was even in the category that I would even consider. The one I would have considered and I would have given it to was Hugh Jackman for Bad Education. And that was just because I found his him and Alice and Janney playing off each other in that movie was freaking fantastic but yet again i guess playing two characters instead of just one makes you a winner in these worlds usually um, does yeah <laughs> now the big one for the the most diverse winnings of uh not giving it to one uh, simple tv show was drama and i was actually shocked at who actually was winning some of these awards so um let's start with uh first off uh, outstanding lead actor for a drama series went to Jeremy Strong for Succession. Um, I was a I was a fan of season one of Succession. I dropped it off season two because it just didn't keep that uh, attention for me. Have you seen it? Did you like it? Do you like Jeremy Strong? I have never seen Succession. I'm going to start that off. I have a lot of issues with the drama category this year as a whole. I feel like in terms of people who were snubbed, you can like throw a dart at the drama category and wherever you land as someone snubbed. Um, I really do feel that Billy Porter should have won for it. I also feel that there's been some, in terms of even nominations, there was a snub. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with P-Valley. Uh, you you talked about it a few weeks ago, a few days ago to me, and I did watch one episode before we, before the Emmys, and before I think it was last night actually. It, it was interesting. So continue. I think uh, Nico Anon, who plays Uncle Clifford in that, I think especially later in the seasons as he's dealing with this whole very non-binary identity and dealing with this gay male, this gay black male that wants to love him but doesn't want anyone to know because he wants to be a big rapper and with the rap community being so homophobic, I think it was so nuanced and his acting was so poignant and so succinct. I feel like him not getting a nomination for this was a travesty. 
but I do think, especially regarding male actor, Billy Porter, I, I mean, come on, Pose was brilliant, and he get, delivers such a beautiful portrayal of men in that ballroom scene dealing with the HIV HIV AIDS epidemic that was really impacting the black community especially the black Harlem ball community he always delivers a brilliant performance he won last year I thought this was his year to win because he just did even better of a performance this year but I don't know I haven't seen succession so I might be barking up the wrong tree and watch succession and being like oh bitch you were real wrong about that I, I, I was surprised Bateman didn't Jason Bateman didn't get nominated for Ozark. I I, I watched Ozark. I'm a big fan of Ozark. It, he did not get nominated this year, but yet Steve Carell for the morning show yet again. I know that they threw that show a bone with all the nominations it got and the win that it picked up tonight, which we'll be talking about later on. But I don't think. For drama, they did not do this year's TV shows justice, I found. I will say, in terms of the morning show, if you're going to throw any of them a bone, Steve Carell was the best one on there, so give him the nomination. Not the win, but the nomination. Out of every single person that possibly was on that show, he was the best one in my eyes. But I would not have called it a leading actor role because he was he was a supporting actor in that. It should have been flipped. If uh, I forget his name already, but Billy Currup or whoever Billy won, Crudup. Crudup, he could have won for best leading actor and it would have been it, I would have been okay with that. Steve Carell was not because he wasn't in a few of the episodes. <laughs> I 110% agree. I don't think he was when I saw that he got nominated for lead actor, it was a I was I was gooped. I was shocked. I was sent to heaven and back, very confused. Yes, he did a brilliant job. But was it the best category to put him in? Probably not. Yeah. Now, lead actress in a drama, um, you and I had both Olivia Coleman down as potential winners of this. I thought she did an amazing job as the queen, but uh, the voters did not agree with both of us. They went with uh, MJ off of Spider-Man Homecoming, Mrs. Zendaya, so, uh, and Euphoria. I'm, I, I see you raising your hands in joy, so... Talk me through what you're feeling. <laughs> okay, I'm a huge Zendaya fan. I've been a huge fan of her since she was on the damn Disney Channel getting her first little start. Like, Zendaya, brilliant actress, brilliant singer, brilliant dancer, brilliant person. She was young. It was her first nominee. I mean, any any of that already is going against her. So, Olivia Coleman already basically played this role and won the damn Oscar for it. Yeah. Not, not quite the same, but like, it was the same. So I 100% always love Zendaya, always will root from a girl. And, but I, when, you're, when you're trying to be like, okay, who's actually going to win this? You never think her. So when I saw her name called and saw the pure shock and joy in her face, I was here for it. I was fully here for it i love her i think she's brilliant um i can't even remember anyone else in the category because i remember that was one i was flipping between two of them i could tell you it was not jennifer aniston did not even need to be there in my eyes yes it was the best best acting she's done but that's really not hard for her so uh, i'm very happy with her 
Well, my my uh, my initial thought after Shit's Creek swept uh, comedy was the Academy was going to give Sandra Oh, the Canadian in the group, the other win there. So I was like, okay, so this is going to be the Killing Eve. Like Canada's just going to sweep everything and everyone's going to be pissed off. But when Zendaya did win, I was actually happy because uh, yet again... Sandra O oh had one. Uh, Laura Linney has one from Ozark. Jodie Comer had one for Killing Eve. Olivia Coleman, yet again, she's one. Jennifer Aniston is Jennifer Aniston. She's one for Friends, I believe. I could be wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> so, no. It's not a show I've seen. I will watch it now because it looks good from what I understand from the trailer. And then afterwards, I did look at the trailer to see what it was all about. And it does look not that bad. I would have plucked Jennifer Aniston out of that group. Like, plucked her little self, that little group, not giving her the nomination. And instead, given it to taken from Pose, reached in, and either given it to MJ Rodriguez from Pose, or going back to P Valley, Brandy Evans from Pose, who plays this stripper named Mercedes in P Valley. One of them, I would have plucked those little two out, put one of them in to her place, because Jennifer Aniston is just not a good actress. Like, I, I listen. I love. She Jen, was I love good her. in Bruce Almighty. I didn't see it. I Jim Carrey. <laughs> Canadians all across who are listening right now are tuning off because you just said Jim Carrey. No. No. <laughs> Overacting. No. He is going to be playing Joe Biden on SNL. So, Perfect. Yes. Joe Biden is a character to be overacted. Um, we did talk about supporting actor. It did go to Billy Corrupt. Um, you aren't surprised about this. I was not surprised by it. Actually, I was a bit surprised because I thought Kieran Culkin was going to win for succession. He had won in the past, so I thought he was destined to win again. I thought it was going to be Bradley Whitford. I thought they were going to give another cute little, like, Handmaid's Tale, like, throw him a bone moment because they didn't really win anything this year. Because Bradley Whitford, I mean, this season, like gorgeously acted. I mean, Bradley Whitford's always brilliant. I mean, I've never seen something him and he's in that I've hated. But I, you know what? I don't hate that Billy won. I don't, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I think I what had Billy, uh, what was going for Billy was another morning show co-star was nominated in the same category. So the act, so the nom- the voters got to see him in two different episodes instead of some of these people who only got to see him in one, right? Which I don't know. I'm very conflicted on that. I feel like that sometimes can split the vote, especially when you see these like writing categories that are, look at these four episodes from Succession and these two episodes from this. Who's going to win it? Succession or Ozark or Succession or what? Like, eh. it's like that to me is boring. I feel like if you are going to be put in a category, pick one show. Or if you're going to put nominations, pick one of those show from the season and throw it in because then you're going to get actual diversity from it. Not like four shows of succession for for Ozark and that's it because it's like either one or the other. Like who's going to win it? 
Well, exactly. And, and that it does diversify who potentially gets nominated instead of having six people, because it, this year was bad. Schitt's Creek got nominated twice. Uh, Where the Dark Things Lie or how what however you pronounce it or whatever the name of the TV show is. I'm gonna, something we, I See Vampires in the Dark or something. Yeah, like What that. We Do in the Shadows it was nominated for four episodes as well. So I, I agree that they could have diversified and they could have given it. When it comes to writing for comedy, I I yet again we've talked about this but yet again the good place last episode to me here nor there but uh, the last episode the last category I want to talk about is the great supporting actress in a drama series uh, Julia Gardner which FYI when I saw her look I said the great great Gatsby called they want their 50s dress and the 50s hairstyle back so I kind of threw shade at her without even knowing who she was but she was dressed like in the 1950s at least she was dressed up I mean some of these people could have put actual effort in I was trying to do like oh who did I like dressed up and I literally made a list of like two people and then was just done I couldn't do it anymore my heart was hurting I feel like with the lack of the red carpet these people were like I'm gonna wear pajamas and it's like oh you're killing me I'm very into the red carpet side of it and then you were wearing pajamas I will say the number of Brianna Taylor shirts like that was very important to me and like every single look I liked had one of those in it either a Brianna Taylor name or her face or something I think that's really prominent bringing that attention to it but I mean at least she tried like yeah. what's her name Miss Miss Julia Garner at least she tried she put something cute on yes she was an extra in The Great Gatsby you know what Tobey Maguire was in that movie I was a fan of it like I'm a fan of his so I'm gonna just I'm gonna live in my happy little bubble that she and Toby are living it up with Gatsby were you surprised at the win did you think someone yes. else should have won that who should have won that do you think I was very torn uh, even in picking who I wanted to who I thought would win and who I wanted to win I wanted Tandy Newton to win I thought Samira Wiley would win I, I think th- Tandy Newton- I thought Helen Bo- Boham Carter should have won Oh, Helena Bonham Carter? Yeah. I think she did an amazing job as Princess Margaret. I'm just kind of over her as an actress. I feel like... I'm sorry. I feel you, like she played You the are same dissing character. on, like, the Commonwealth right now. First Canada, now England. Wow. Who... Like, what country do you like? I know America's first right America? now. With Don- <laughs> I'm sorry. We... I, I live in America. We only are supposed to like America. Like, when you come out of the womb, they make you sign a contract. You know, it's in your the blood of your forefathers just saying you're only going to like America. Period. And not like North America, but like U.S. America, because apparently America means just U.S. now. Totally. Totally. (laughs) No, I just my girl Tandy, I have to always be rooting for her. I mean, I feel like she gives you the performance of her life and then always gets overlooked because someone like inches her out. And I don't know what more Tandy needs to do. I mean, ever since even for Colored Girls as a movie brilliant why did she not win like everything she's in i just think why has she not won for this Uh, she's just an icon i always want her to win but i know she's gonna lose you can bet on tandy newton losing so susan lucci of the emmys (laughs) yes 
so I just I looked at it and I'm like, okay, Samira Wiley did act her damn face off, and she definitely has been overdue an Emmy. So let me give it, let me try Samira because Samira definitely deserved it. You don't think but, Streep deserved it? Meryl Streep? Come on, she gets nominated for everything. Meryl Streep needs to retire. You heard it here first, first people. Meryl Streep needs to stop, especially if she needs to sing in a song in any kind of show. I, I No, I do not want to hear Meryl Streep ever sing me a song again, act again. I've seen the clips because I've not actually seen Big Little Lies. Okay. But I think the last thing that she's done that I've truly loved was either Doubt or Devil Wears Prada, whichever came latest. Devils Wear Prada? Uh, no, I think Doubt came uh, the, in the latest. I don't know. It's a Googleable question yep. to my listeners. You can Google it and you can figure it out for yourselves. <laughs> yep. Whichever one came the most recent to this current year, that was the last time I've liked her. One of those roles. Other than that, I mean, she's been doing a lot of musicals and a lot of like weird roles. And I watched clips because I, I try to go in at least knowing what the character looks like. And I saw a weird clip of her like screaming at a table for Big Little Lies. I was very concerned. I want to know whose acting choice that was, whether it was hers or the director's. Uh, it was just strange. So, no, she should not have. No, I would have. She would have actually been the one I would have plucked out and replaced with India Moore from Pose. You're just all about the Pose, aren't you? I cannot rave about that show enough. I mean, I think it's a really accurate portrayal of black queer representation written by black trans women for queer people, for black people for New Yorkers I, I think it's just such a great show and I think it just got such a great message of family and chosen family especially with queer people not necessarily always getting to keep their biological family just because of the hatred I just think it's such a brilliant show it's well written I think that guest actress we should have had Angelica Ross in there because of the performance she gave and she really only was in one or two episodes I, I just think that this is a show that we should be talking about more. Well, hopefully the voters will do that next year. Um, but we'll for see. the last <laughs> for the last category, we have outstanding outstanding drama. Which before we get into the winner, there I want to talk about Sterling uh, K. Brown's. <laughs> bad introduction of that <laughs> oh this is us oh i would the whole time i was watching it i was like is jimmy kimmel supposed to be on the other side of this camera talking to him right now and i just it was another train accident they opened with a train accident with jennifer aniston they ended the train accident with uh sterling k brown and the whole time i was going what is going on here give it to some person in utah this would have been better but that was just horrendous oh, there's my rant for the afternoon he's a good actor though uh, he's an amazing actor just not a good ad-libber <laughs> um, I don't know I was kind of living at first I was a li I was like okay we get it like you you didn't win you're doing this cute little bit but then when I'm like oh they didn't even get nominated I was like oh Okay, because they've been nominated like every year for years now. And then to not even get a nomination, I was like, oh, this is kind of kind of brilliant. I was kind of living, not 
I was not like fully on board, ready to buy the book, like ready to sign up, follow on Twitter, whatever the hell it you would use for that analogy. But like, I was kind of like low key living. <laughs> well, you can have it because the whole time I just it was horrendous to watch from Canada because I was like, I, I do not know what he's trying to do here. And it's just not coming across well. So like if they would have had the whole cast of This Is Us come out and do that, it would have been perfect. But just one of them. <laughs> I will say Anthony Anderson presenting and them like fully bleeping out WAP gave me life. <laughs> they beep, bleeped out something? At least they did in the U.S. Anthony Anderson started rapping WAP, and, like, you could tell because he started – he said a couple of the words, and then all of a sudden this audio went, like, cut right out. I'm like, oh, he's giving us the whole Cardi B moment right now. Oh, we got – I think we got the whole thing up here. I'm a little jealous now because we did not. See well, it's Canada. We, we censored this now. Um, so best drama succession yet again, you haven't seen it. Um, I was not a fan. I, I, like I said, I watched season one. I didn't watch season two. Uh, I did not think it was going to win yet again. I thought being the Commonwealth here, I thought the crown was going to win. I, I love my Olivia Coleman, but when you see the actors picking up the awards, you know, the writings on the wall. So, I don't know, though. For this one, every single acting category was a different show. But Succession won the most, right, for acting? No, because they only won leading male. Because leading female was Euphoria, supporting oh. male was Morning Show, and supporting female was Ozark. So okay. we could have gone to any of those four. I thought when I was looking at the list before any of this started, because I have not seen so many of them, I was all in on Handmaid's Tale. I felt this was a brilliant season. I, I'm finally on board it took me years to get finally on board with loving the show on board i i was a little shocked but not so 100 percent shocked because it is doing so well across the award circuit i think you just re- redeemed yourself from all of canada because you like handmaid's tale which was written by one of our great canadian uh, authors mrs margaret atwood so all the canadians are turning tuning back in now <laughs> I have had such a difficult time with Handmaid's Tale. I've tried to watch it six times. Okay. The first episode specifically. I get about halfway through and then I go, oh no, this is too much and shut it off. Or that was the first like two or three times. And then I got a little farther the next couple of times to where they were like pointing at the girl and being like, shame because she was raped by like 10 different dudes at one party. Oh, oh no, I'm not on board for that sort of shaming and was shutting it off. And then this last time I'm like, well, it's quarantine. Let me just force myself to watch it because I literally have nothing else to watch. And I'm like, you know what? This is kind of good. I can only watch one or two episodes in a row. I can't like binge binge it. But I'm kind of on board now. And, you know, Alexis Bledel, who I don't necessarily love, gives everything in that move in that little TV show. I'll give you that. Uh, I was I'm not a fan of it. I, I prefer the book over the move, the book over the TV show, which usually always happens. Uh, the, the TV show takes creative liber- liberties. And I, I know Margaret Atwood did have a hand in some of the creative decisions that were being made. So uh, yet again, not my favorite show, but not my not the show that I thought was going to win. I don't 
like to be honest none of the drama series this year like sparked out to me and said hey let's nominate you but yet again baby yoda got nominated so what the hell <laughs> sorry sorry um, the the child got nominated <laughs> i don't know what that it, what the name of the show is the baby yoda is how i call that tv show that tv show i don't care who else is in it i know Giancarlo esposito is in it always brilliant but like baby yoda's it for me baby they need to get like a puppet award or like a something award i want that puppet to like cuddle close at night like that puppet is everything um the last area that i want to ask you um Tyler Perry came out and gave his acceptance speech as the governor's award. Um, his story was quite, Oh, you got the notes out here, but his story was quite moving when I was listening to it. Uh, my husband actually started to cry a little bit because of the story that you, he told from your perspective, from an American's perspective, how did, how, how did that go over? Do you think? So I want to preface this. I had this actual conversation, not four hours prior I was having a lovely little coffee moment with a friend about that. And we were talking about diversity, especially the new diversity mandate in the Oscars. And I specifically brought up that Tyler Perry is this juggernaut in producing, especially in producing black stories. And I think it was really brilliant. And I really love that he has won this Emmy, even if it's like, a participation trophy Emmy kind of to say it like I, I think it, you know what if there's someone who's going to win that award give it to him he's opening doors for people of color he is owned operated created structured by people of color for people of color about people of color I think especially in this day and age with Hollywood that is so prominently white I I just think it's brilliant. You know, give him a give him an award. You know what? If someone's going to get a participation award, give it to him. His shows, his stuff might not necessarily be like the best acted, the best written, the best whatever, but it's giving a voice to people of color who can then take that. Oh, I was in this show of Tyler Perry's. You've seen me on TV. You can transition me into a comedy. You can transition me into a drama. You can transition me into a whatever. I think he's opening the doors for so many people that otherwise would not have had the door open for them if they were sitting around waiting for something like This Is Us or Handmaid's Tale or The Good Place or Schitt's Creek to kind of open the door for them. I I really, I was loving it. I think he is the epitome of what we need in the world in terms of promoting people of color. And if it weren't for him, I don't think Jordan Peele's company would have been created. Well, and I, I think was, Jordan Peele's doing great things with his company as well. I'm surprised. Like there's so much in that, like five minutes that they gave to pres- open up with Oprah and Chris Rock. And then his speech that I didn't know about uh, him, like Tyler Perry. Like I didn't know that he had built this ginormous movie studio down in Georgia where it was the home of a uh, Confederate base. So this was huge news to me. I was like, holy crap, this guy has gone from rags to riches, right? Like you talk about the rags to riches story and the American dream. He encompasses that and that whole story about making your own quilt. He, He tried to talk to every single person who has felt knocked down beaten out and the whole time I was like like for someone who is not tr- 
traditionally well known, let's be honest, when it comes to award cer- uh, ceremonies, because you do not hear him getting nominated. You do not hear uh, the Oscars nominating his stuff. So for him, this was a moment where he broke out and said, you know what? I don't need your recognition. I'm happy that I got it, but thank you, but I'm doing it my own way. Yeah, I mean, he's never one even considered. And even when he does try and make something that is more poignant, more Oscar-baity, more Emmy-baity, more of that kind of style that's going to appeal to people, they don't even give him the time of day because, oh, you're that dude that dresses up as that old woman, Medea. Which, you know what? The Medea Christmas is something we watch every single Christmas in my household. My husband loves that show, loves Tyler Perry, loves the Medea movies. I mean... He is opening the doors. I mean, you can name a black actor or actress and they've appeared at some point in a Tyler Perry movie, usually as their first or second ever appearance in a movie, period. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Beyonce even has appeared in one of his movies, correct? Sure has? Or is that Rihanna? I know Rihanna for sure. But maybe Beyonce. I, I, I know Beyonce was in Obsessed which I don't know if he had any part of. True. Uh, okay, maybe not. I typed in Beyonce, Tyler Perry, and Google, and they showed up with Beyonce stuns in gold at Tyler Perry's studio opening, so I don't Good know. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> Living her best life. That's Beyonce for you. There isn't an episode that doesn't go by in my show that we don't talk about Beyonce for at least two seconds. I didn't bring her up. You did. I know. I know. And I'm the one who's not a big fan of hers. But so looking back on the last three hours before, because we we recorded this literally 20 minutes after Jimmy Kimmel said goodnight, everyone, and then ran around the podium for some reason. And what was the biggest shock to you? Um, That the Tiger King did not get any wins. No. (laughs) Um, The biggest shock. I don't know. I, I feel like with this, this one was very predictable. And I feel like there be the more that I consume this media, like the Oscars, the Emmys, the Tonys, the Grammys, the more I'm consuming art, the more going in, I'm like, okay, I know that this is going to split the vote here, so it's going to go here. I know it's going to be here, so it's here. Like, it's getting to that point where as you're consuming it more, especially with something like the Emmys or the Oscars, you can get really good at predicting what's going to happen, especially the Emmys and the Oscars. They really don't like to be adventurous. I think this time Zendaya winning was the most shocked I could be. Because, you, like you said, you don't win traditionally on your first time out. And I, I, and I don't say that in all categories. I mean that as a woman in a category up against that many well-established people. A black you, woman, too. The, exactly. You don't win traditionally on your first time out. So, yes, I would even agree with you on that. that like, and like you said, she was shocked as hell, too. Yeah, I mean, she had nothing prepared. Which, you know what, I kind of love that. I would rather see the actress who has nothing prepared, who doesn't think they're going to win, who's just going and even dressing full. Because she was saying in interviews beforehand on the pre-show that when they were asking her, oh, are you going to actually dress up or are you going to be in pajamas? And she's like, no, it's my first nomination. I'm going to wear fucking everything. Like, 
that's what I want to see someone who still got that excitement that still got that drive that oomph that you know especially her being a Disney kid and being one of the only stable Disney kids I can think of because I in terms of Disney kids and thinking of stability that's usually an oxymoron but she's one of them what are you talking about Hillary Duff did well (laughs) no she did she had a whole moment Lindsay Lohan come on Ashley Simpson. We cannot talk about Lindsay Lohan. I live and breathe the air she walks, but I also am a millennial and grew up with all of her movies. So I'm biased and I'm aware of my bias and I'm accepting, co-signing, whatever it. Um, So we talked about the, the biggest surprises. What was the worst moment for you? That the Tiger King didn't win. No. <laughs> um, I just feel like I'm over the whole host aspect. I like that the Oscars have been doing a no host for a little while now. And I think it just flows better because then you're trying to look for these moments from Jimmy Kimmel that are exciting or funny or adventurous or whatever. And I don't know, like... We're watching we're watching rich people pat themselves on the back. I don't necessarily need you to entertain me. I just want to see if the rich people I like beat the rich people I didn't like. True. Uh, for me, the worst part was the giving the awards to John Oliver and RuPaul the way that they did through the box that showed up randomly in their house that the moment the award was announced, the box would break open. The Emmy would be popped out and then gold confetti would be thrown everywhere. Yes. Yes. RuPaul seemed weirdly shocked that that happened, but it just did not come across as sincere or even like funny. It wasn't the Stanley Cup read that happened. Yeah, I was going to talk about that afterwards, but I was going to start with that. Like, I was like, okay, we get it. The Canadians won and you guys haven't won. But if you look at all the Canadian players who are playing for the American hockey teams, we usually bring it home anyway. St. Louis Blues, their uh, their coach. Yeah, he was Canadian. So they, I, I don't know sports. The sports, I do not know. <laughs> That's so why you're that the entertainment happened. critic. <laughs> he made a comment like about the, the statue. And I turned to my husband. I go, what is that? And he goes, that's the Stanley Cup. And I'm like, that's for hockey, right? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, I don't get it. Explain it to me. And I'm like, have the, have the Americans won? Or what's the, what's the tea on this? I don't know it. I still don't 100% understand it, but I just knew that was something to trigger the Canadians. And so I had to mention, I made a whole damn note about it right here, mentioned the Stanley Cup. It was a good joke, but it didn't land because the run up to the joke of if you would have won eight, you would have been able to trade in for this cup. And I was like, Dude, we fucking just won seven seven Emmys and none of your <laughs> comedies won and neither did you. So don't even start with the whole Canadian Stanley Cup thing because exactly where's hockey being played right now? In Canada. So shut well, up. We can't, do, we can't do much in the U.S. I'm not going to lie. So uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm a little triggered now from that. Um... But overall, I think, like, 
on a scale of one to ten, I'd give the, the whole ceremony probably about a six. Like it wasn't the best, it wasn't the worst, but it was medic medic it was medium. Yeah, I'd give it a five. A five out of ten. Just very in the middle, super predictable. There were some moments like I, I feel like some of the like little side bits that were happening, like the Carrie Washington Reese Witherspoon New Year's Eve party. I needed that. You know what? Happy New Year. We're in 2021 officially. Thank you all for listening. We're in 2021. Elle Woods told me that we were, so I'm going to have to go with my girl on that because I'm over this year. Loved that. Uh, her doing the in memoriam i'm a huge fan of her i will i every time she performs in la i go see her whether it's a three song bit that she does for the bet concert that happens every year or if it's her and lauren hill and she's opening for lauren hill because lauren hill is going to be four hours late i mean i i i love just to hear her perform and so seeing her do the in memoriam i think was really beautiful i i we are i'm a huge glee fan still feeling the shock and loss of naya rivera i mean that really that show was one of the big like linchpins cornerstones of my uh life growing up watching it being a huge fan of it being a show choir person I think it's just like seeing all that. I think it was just beautiful. It was a really great tribute and having her do it. Fabulous. What was your thoughts on the alpaca? Um, <laughs> we should have had that as the host instead of Jimmy Kimmel. I like Randall. Can I forget I his last that? name. You can. You can. It's This is only in the Canada, okay? People won't come after you. But I am... Um, <laughs> I... I like Randall, the guy who was who had the alpaca with him. I'm a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of his show, Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, so I was very impressed with that. It felt awkward about two minutes into it when he started walking out and he started talking. But the idea of it was good. It just there was a few moments where I was cringing. I was so sold on that alpaca, and and like. Just as, like, reference to everyone, I'm a very allergic to alpaca, so I can't touch them. So because of that, I'm very fascinated by alpacas and llamas because both of them I'm allergic to. So seeing this alpaca come out, I just wanted to touch it. And I just wanted to listen to it. I wanted it to, like, just kind of, like, make its little grunty noises and have them put the subtitles of whatever they wanted to say on the TV. Like, I don't even know who the alpaca was with. I wasn't even paying attention because I was so enamored by this majestic closest thing to a unicorn we have in the world the uh, whole basically about a third of the cast of Blackish were on the stage with Jimmy Kimmel at least once throughout that show um, I found that interesting the other part that I was kind of cringing at because he kept on messing up every time he spoke was the nice. DJ D-Nice. D-Nice the DJ was terrible. <laughs> okay. Because the whole time I was like, how are you not reading the, like, the teleprompter properly here, people? <laughs> um, I just really want to know what Anthony Anderson has to do to get a damn award. To be nominated that many times and never win. Does he, like, have to juggle for you people? Like, what more does he need to do? At this point, just throw him a career one. <laughs> If you're going to nominate him at some point, just be like, okay, like, girl, we get it. We we keep janking your chain. You know what? You deserve it. Just have a career. Here you go. 
to be the the, the as as two white guys, I I think it's usually because the, they don't know how to diversify the best actor in a comedy series award, so they give it to the established comedy uh, minority uh, TV shows. They gave it to Eugene Levy, the biggest comedy TV show right now. I know, but they don't. They <laughs> they they will put out the token minority in every category just to say, "Hey, we're not the Oscars," but we won't n- give them the award because, come on, that means we would be doing them service. Well, it's time. I you hear you heard it here folks, first. Anthony Anderson, next time, next Emmys nomination, time for him to win. I will. Uh, I'll start the hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. It's about damn time. Same damn. with Tracy Ellis Ross. It's about damn time. Like again, she keeps getting damn nominated. I will say the fact that Jennifer Lewis did not get a nomination was a bit shocking. If you're going to give anyone a nomination from that show, it better be the the black mother of Hollywood because. That woman has earned every nomination. Same with Cecily Tyson. She got that guest actress nomination. Should have won it. Yeah, I will agree with that. Even Lawrence Fishburne in Blackish was like, I'm a big Blackish fan. They could have just run the gambit. But yet again, like you said, it was predictable this year with uh, the Shits Creek. Yet again, Shits with (laughs) S-C-H-I-T-T. For those who are not listening and watching, but which you I, should. I, oh, I know, <clears throat> but no, I it it like you said, it was predictable, but there were some moments of happiness in it. Yeah, yeah. I, it was a it was a long, a long, long five hours. If you watched the pre-show and then you watched the red carpet that wasn't a red carpet it was some woman at least the one the red carpet i watched it was some woman giving her opinion of the best dressed and like billy porter was not once on that list so i don't know how accurate her best dressed is she had brad pitt in a basic black and white suit so i think there's a problem with her list because that over anything billy porter has won just no or warren no 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 uh, and then the for the pre-show was like an infomercial they gave like it was an hour of look at these products that are in the gift baskets like unless you're delivering one of those gift baskets to me i don't care what's in it yeah the, the I, I i do mention this that elton john introducing shit's creek was quite, quite interesting elton john introduced shit's creek did you not see that I may have been pouring myself a glass of champagne at that point. So when all the comedy series were introduced, they were talking about, hey, this person introduced this, some random person introduced uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel, and then Elton John introduced uh, Schitt's Creek, and I went, girl, they just won. (laughs) Well, I knew they were going to win anyways at that point, because, I mean, they'd won literally everything. I was texting my mom and I was like, oh my God, Shit's Creek just won again and just won again. And she was like, girl, I'm watching. And I'm like, okay. I'm just giving yeah, you text- in case you're not. I got a text from my father saying, Shit's Creek is sweeping up. And I was like, yep. <laughs> yep. Normally my mother doesn't watch. So I was just trying to educate her on her favorite show. 
There you go. Uh, Mike, I want to thank you very much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. We will uh, see you back for the post-Oscars, post-Grammy, post-Tony, post-whatever entertainment episode comes up here. So thank you very much for tuning in, for, for coming on at 10.30, 9.30 your time. <laughs> absolutely very happy to uh, come on give my opinion i'm white i'm gay i'm judgy who else would you want on to get billy porter <laughs> one and there's a lot of <laughs> what billy porter maybe what i said oh, who else would you want yeah. on billy porter there Listen. one for if I could get him on, he'd be right here with me. But you know what? He won't return my calls. Perfect. Thank you once again for listening to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. If you love this episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. All the links to our social media accounts are in the show notes or visit www.crossborderinterviews.ca. The Cross Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated. Be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. Once again, thank you. Bye-bye.